typically in the developing world, uh, uh, the average household is probably going to spend two to six hours a day hauling water. The village looked to her because she learned how to dream. Uh, the water gave her the hope to dream of a better future. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and I'm so glad you joined us. Today on the podcast, we're recognizing World Water Day, which is held on March 22nd to bring awareness to the more than 2.2 billion people who don't have access to clean water. It's such a huge issue, and the reality is that more than one-third of the entire planet doesn't have access to clean water. So I talked with many of our staff, and first is Ken Isaacs, the Vice President of Programs and Government Relations. Before coming to work with Samaritan's Purse, he had a background in water. He worked for a family well drilling and pump business, and now he's passionate about overseeing our multitude of water, sanitation, and hygiene projects, otherwise known as WASH. I think waterborne diseases might be one of the leading causes of death in the world. Mm -hmm. Along with water goes issues of hygiene, sanitation, waste disposal, all of those things are together. And so from our perspective, we think of my water's off today, I don't have clean water, I've got to go down to the store and get a couple gallons of clean water or whatever, or you run the bathtub full before a the storm comes, you know, in case the electricity goes out and you don't have water. But I think that in most parts of the world, uh, they don't have the, any kind of option like that. In fact, they don't even know to boil water. They're just getting the water from the river, from the mud hole where the animals are standing in it. Um, you know, if you, you think of the major rivers around the world, they are the pipeline that carries away the sewage, and they're also the water supply that, that, that people use. So it, uh, we at, you know, at Smeridan's Purse have developed an array of activities based around this issue of improving people's life through water and sanitation and hygiene. And uh, I think it probably constitutes 20% of our work, it, mm -hmm. you, you know, just in the volume of what we do. And uh, so... In the industry, it's called WASH. And so you mentioned about 20% of Samaritan's work, purse work deals with water. So some are um, after a storm, you know, they're coming in, but then some are long-term preventative, like you said. So what's the difference between setting those up and coming in after the storm versus a preventative, you're looking ahead? So if you're working with a community and you want to establish a clean water system, it might look something like this. There will be a source mm -hmm. that supplies the water. That could be a well or it could be two wells. It could be a spring head that's been capped up and, and water's coming down and running into a tank. Um, how's that water system going to be managed? Who owns it? And uh, when the pump breaks, who's going to fix it? Mm -hmm. And why would people come and get your clean source of water if they have to pay a penny or two for five gallons or 20 liras or, uh, you know, whatever they call their local water container, when they can go get it out of the river for free. And then when the pump would break, though, you know, of a, of a normal breakage in the pump, people would find that in five days or a week, their children would get diarrhea again. And they realized right away, oh, gosh, it's the water. Mm -hmm. It's the water. 
So even though we had done public education, public health campaigns on hygiene and the importance of clean water and all of that, you know, washing your water jug out before you capture the water in it, wash your dishes at the house, try to drink only the clean water. It's when they saw it in, 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 in the results of having dirty water in their family members, that's when they were like, oh yeah, we got to get the pump, we got to get it fixed right now. To give us perspective on the ground, I had a Zoom call with Daphne, one of our Samaritan's Purse program managers in Uganda, about our urban wash project. This urban wash project is in the slums of Kampala. Kampala is the capital city of Uganda. So in the slums of Kampala, there's a lot that is happening, especially concerning water, hygiene, and sanitation. Much as it's in the city, but in the slum, people are struggling. You know, when it rains, the houses, water goes into the houses. People don't access water. You know, people don't have sanitary facilities like toilets, so there's still open defecation. So the urban wash project is addressing some of these needs in Kampala. Yeah. So there are very many activities in the project that we do related to water, sanitation, and hygiene. Would you just explain exactly, yeah, what the Urban Wash Project does? I know you said multiple facets. And and as you're talking, I just want to explain to people that, you know, the the government does provide water. Yes. Um, A lot of people, if they can't afford it, they just use what they can get. Or the, I guess, can you explain that too? And I, I think within the slums, the slum, you know, managers have water, but it's more expensive, Correct. Yes. So in the slum of Kampala, it's true that the government provides water, but this water is not free. So what the government does here in Uganda is you have to pay for the initial connection depending on a distance. So if the distance is less than 30 minutes, 30 meters, you pay like 100, 100 USD for initial connection. But I can tell you in the slums, people don't have that money. The money they have is just from from hand to mouth. So that's when the government comes into the picture. They have installed a few water access points in these slum communities. But unfortunately, these water points have become such hubs of activity because people know everyone needs water. And so horrific, horrible crimes happen. Women and children are often attacked, and it's an extremely unsafe place to go. So as Samaritans pass in our urban wash project, one of the activities we've done is we have installed uh, tap points at household level. So the distance to a far place of clean water is now reduced. They can freely get water at their home and they don't need to pay for that initial 100 USD because now Samaritan pass pays this Families in the slums can't afford the government fees. And Samaritan's Purse has been able to help install tap points and work with them individually, asking them how much they're able to invest. This allows these tap pumps to be more affordable, but it also allows them to be a part of this program and feel like they're contributing. They stay an important part of this process and they continue to contribute and sustain the water for their household. Samaritan's Purse seeks to give physical help, yes but more importantly, spiritual. And so I want to read Isaiah 58, 8, verse 8, and then 10 through 11. Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of God will be your rear guard, 
And if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Water is vital, but the gospel truly is a spring that never fails. This has helped them so, so, so very much. It has helped in reduction of diseases because they cannot now go to the wells and they have given us success stories where they now have to get water. You know, they practice this water for frequent hand washing, especially in the era of COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, even in the latrines that of course are shared, but now having this water has really helped them a lot. On top of all of this, the school systems are dealing with the same issues. I was told that primary schools in Uganda are free, so it doesn't leave them a lot of money for things like water. And so oftentimes, they have little or no access to clean water. It just breaks my heart to hear that these kids don't have clean water. Could you imagine sending your kids to school and not having usable water? Especially during COVID when you need to wash your hands and keep clean and and sanitize. It just breaks my heart what they're dealing with. in public schools of Uganda, um, because education in primary here is kind of free. So not much fees is paid. So in the schools, most of the schools don't have again water because again, they have to pay money to get this water, which they don't have. So some of them have a few rainwater harvest system. One school that we have supported and has given us a success story is one of the schools called St. Paul Primary School. So with our urban wash intervention, we constructed a 10,000 litre rainwater harvest system in this school. So they were so happy and they got back to us telling that during rainy days, they no longer have to pay for water because during rainy days, you know, they receive water almost every day. And now the money that they use for paying water is now used for another thing else. That is a good success story that touches our hearts a lot, yeah. I love watching you light up about these transformational stories um, and the way that, yeah, it can free up this burden because we all need water. Um, But when they get that burden lifted, they can focus on other things that they need too. Just like in Uganda, Cambodia also struggles with providing clean water. I was able to talk with Barry Jessen, the country director in Cambodia, and he talked about the needs that Samaritan's Purse is responding to. For about nine months of the year, they have a dry season where large areas of the country have literally no water. And so this affects everything, the livelihoods of families, animals, their food sources, and their health. And it forces some families to make a really difficult decision to leave. Can you talk to me about... Uh, drilling wells and just the water program that you all do in, in Cambodia? Without a permanent water source, people have got nothing to fall back on. Um, and that's why one of the reasons migration is, is such a massive thing and unsafe migration is such a massive thing. Because of the lack of water, people have got no choice. There's no work, there's no agriculture, so they have to leave uh, and, and so that starts that whole negative social circle of the parents leaving, the positive influences in the village leaving, and so you're just left with grandparents in a mess. Uh, but when you drill a well, 
where you can get groundwater, uh, everything changes. When because when when you drill a well, it, it's not just you've drill, drilled a well and it's finished. The well is the beginning. The well is the beginning of hope. It's their ability to build a future. It's it's the beginning of community getting stronger. So so what we we do is we identify communities that are dry, uh, and we go in and do ground surveys and start drilling wells. Once you've got water, then immediately you've got clean drinking water. So immediately your, your diarrhoea and disease drops down. So children don't miss as many days school. So education increases, like enrolments at schools start to increase. Um, you get the ability then because the wells that we drill are not just holes in the ground that have water. Uh, we do tanks with them and complete piping reticulation systems. So we drill a well and we pipe water to houses, the same as you do. Like, so for the first time in these people's lives, they, they turn on a tap in their house and water comes out. Uh, so there's no more walking to wells. So then you can, you can water your garden, you can keep your pigs alive, you can keep your chickens alive. Uh, the elderly and the sick have got as much access to water as the strong and healthy. Just like Barry said, this impacts more than one family. The trajectory of an entire community is forever changed. Ken recalls going to Cambodia and seeing the transformation for himself. Can you maybe just tell us a personal testimony of how you saw a community or family just transformed by having clean water and access? I'm sure you've seen so many. Yes, I can tell you one um, more recently that's been very interesting. Um, in Cambodia, we drilled a series of wells. We connected them together. The water gets pumped up into a tank, a, an elevated tank, and that gives it, you know, pressure to run down from the the head pressure. And our objective was that every hut in the village would have a spigot. So we were able to deliver, and I think there was maybe like eighty or ninety uh, houses in that village. And uh, we were able to put a spigot at every house, and the house had to pay like $5 or something into a communal. We didn't get that money, but that was establishing their community uh, system, you know, and how they would pay for the pumps when they repaired, or excuse me, when they broke and needed repair. And um, I was shocked. There was like three or 400 people there at this little, you know, it was a big deal. There were kids dancing, and they had acrobats on the stage and, uh, you, you know, but the notion of having clean water absolutely changes people's lives. She was a grandma. She, she was caring for her 10 grandchildren. Her, her children, her two sons and their wives were working in Thailand to try and support the family, but it wasn't going well. Her husband was very sick. And so she got the first well. Uh, and if you go back and visit her today, her life is transformed. She has an oasis of, of vegetables and fruit trees and chickens. She gave her life to Christ and all the 10 grandchildren gave their life to Christ. If you go back to visit that lady today, uh, she's now, she says, I've gone from being the poorest and the most disadvantaged I am now middle class. The village looked to her 
because she learned how to dream. Uh, the water gave her the hope to dream of a better future. And in that, now her children have come back from Thailand. So she's no longer looking after the grandkids anymore because they make enough money with the water to support the family. They're, so their life has been transformed. Their whole village, the village of Chukche, saw her example and followed it. Uh, and the village has been transformed. This water project has been so heavy on my heart, as well as my family's. We often talk about how we have so many faucets in our house, and we have running water just at the flip of a switch, and it's a luxury that so many people in in the world don't have. Throughout each conversation, I continually thought about the story of the Samaritan woman in John 4, and Jesus talks to her at the well. He says to her in verse 14, "'But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst.'" but the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up eternal life. I love the principle that this program shows. Yes, we all need physical water, but we'll thirst again and we'll always need more. The living water that we find in Jesus Christ is a spring of hope that will never run dry. Giving these families just water is a Band-Aid. We've seen so many communities that have been helped physically, and this opens the door for them to hear about the hope in Jesus. Each person that I talked to today emphasized how important it is to provide clean water, but more important, the gospel that gives everlasting hope and healing. I've seen people's lives changed because of clean water and the supply of clean water, but I have also seen the gospel shared at Wells. Mm -hmm. I've seen churches uh, to be built and communities of believers um, and the catalyst uh, for them was that somebody cared enough to come and help them get clean water. So all of a sudden, the whole dynamic of the village starts to change because water's available. Uh, I think the best, the best representation I can give you of a well is it, the difference it makes. It's the same difference, the same life that you get when you accept Jesus it's that same transformation when a well arrives in a village. Another scripture that keeps encouraging me is uh, from Psalms 1 to 7, from 1 to 2. Unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor and yet in vain. Yeah, even watching over the city, you know, we could do this. We could go every time to the field and do whatever we do. But you know, If God is not in it, it's just in vain. So for every activity that we do, you know, we want God to lead us, God to move ahead of us, because yet if we do it the Christ way, if we do it together with God, there is change, there is impact. Yeah, impact physically, but also spiritually. The lives of these people are changed. So these are some of the scriptures that really keeps, keeps me going. I want to go with God wherever I'm doing these activities, not to go alone. Because if I go alone, then I will fail and there'll be no impact. And you know, mm-hmm. my heart is happy when people know Christ. My heart is happy, you know, when yeah, people are transformed both physically and also spiritually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so true. And um, thank you for sharing that. Um, and you do, you just radiate such a glow. Um, I mean, I wish people could see you and this is why we wanted to hear your story because we might never get to meet you this side yeah. of heaven. Um, but 
to know that we are laborers, we are co-laborers. And by praying for you, um, mm. we are, we are, you know, in some way intercessing, you know, with our Lord um, service in Uganda. Um, and I hope to get to visit you one day, but if we don't, it's so encouraging to hear that you are taking the good news. I know after talking to our staff and hearing about the lack of clean water around the world, it truly changed my life. I wanna challenge you like it did me that every time you run water, to think about people that don't have that access and to pray and to thank God for the, the many faucets that you have in your, in your home. I know it's changed the way that I do dishes. I often try to think and pray for those who don't have clean water like I do. And another person that impacted me greatly is um, Eve. He's a Rwandan refugee and he received a shoebox as a child. And the shoebox and the power of the gospel truly changed his life. It took him from a hardened and bitter child that had seen terror and war, and it softened his heart. And he was able to see God had a plan for his life. And when he was able to come to America, he talked about how flicking a switch and having access to clean water just humbled him. And the access and the excess of water that we have here in America uh, really made an impact because in Africa, he mentioned that he would spend hours each day collecting water for his family. And here's a little clip of his testimony and his thoughts. I remember uh, my first few weeks here and realizing what a whole other world I had just landed in. The people here had so much, like everyone had so much. Like, there is no need. Like, I, I walked three, five feet, and I flicked a switch, and clean water came pouring out. That one was a mind blower for me. You know, there were 12 different holes in my household where clean water would come pouring out anytime I wished it. Mm -hmm. I no longer had to walk two hours, two hours back to collect clean water. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, yeah. this, is, this is a thing. <laughs> Don't you just love Eve and his heart? I hope that hearing his testimony and the impact that clean water had on him challenged you. I always cared and knew that clean water was important, but hearing Eve talk personally about the lack that he had and the way that he had to walk hours and hours and the way that coming to the United States and the impact of those many faucets within his house, the way that it hit him and, and just made him grateful thinking of the many years that he didn't have this. And so it was eye-opening for me and I don't want you to feel guilty, but to be grateful and to be thankful for the clean water that you have. And I hope and pray that on this World Water Day that it challenges you to pray for the projects that Samaritan's Purse is doing all around the world to bring clean water and access to the people that don't have it. But more importantly, like we talked about, the, the living water, the hope of Jesus Christ that Samaritan's Purse is able to give to people um, through this platform of WASH. And so thanks for tuning in. May God bless your day.